The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest, W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tea with Publicity, brought to you by Mamitas, my favorite tequila hard seltzer. You guys know the drill. It comes in a four-pack, a variety pack, four flavors. We have mango, pineapple, paloma, and lime. And you can get it at drinkmamitas.com or order it on GoPuff. I am going to a little like datey date thing tonight, which we'll talk about. So I'm definitely going to pregame a little bit while I get ready with mamitas. I'll actually probably include it on my social media because I'm going to need a little buzz before walking into this thing. Um, so if you guys are interested in trying it, don't forget to go to drinkmamitas.com or order yours on GoPuff. And you guys know I'm gluten-free. Mamitas is gluten-free. Each flavor is just 95 calories with a 5% ABV and less than 2 grams of sugar. Amazing. So I will be drinking one tonight, and I hope you're drinking one along with me. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everybody. So... We have an exciting episode for you today. We are recording today's episode a little um, earlier than we normally do because Monday's President's Day. Yep. We're, we're off, yep. Um, which is like amazing that we're off. I cannot wait right. to just relax. I know. I won't bother you. <laughs> um, I'm just like so happy to have a day and... Um, yeah, so we're recording this a little early. So as you're listening to this, I am going on the speed. I'm going to the speed dating event tonight. So no updates there yet. We will update you that on that next week, or follow me on TikTok because I'm sure I'm going to be posting about it there. Okay, guys, just kidding. I am telling you about the dating event now because. I'm just recording this from home because I didn't want to wait a whole week to fill you guys in on this. And since it's top of mind, I'm like, let's just do it right now. Um, also, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't mind my background. I have no couch and I have piles of stuff that I'm donating behind me. Okay, let's jump into it. So the play, the thing is called Amber Club, the people that put it on. And it's like a members only speed dating service. So you have to like, I think, pay an application fee and sign up and then they like really vet people they told me their vetting process but I don't know if that's private or not so I'm not going to share that but they vet everyone really closely and then they do zoom interviews with everyone to make sure you could like hold a conversation and you're normal and you're cool and so we got there and they basically it was at the Jane Hotel and we all got drinks and like everyone was at the bar. Some people were kind of already talking, but since I went with two friends, I was kind of just with the girlies because I figured I'll talk to these guys when I sit. I don't want to spoil anything. And we, um, once we got seated, the girls sat and then the guys sat next to people and then they were like, um, okay, you have five minutes and when the bell goes off, you're going to rotate clockwise. And... It was cool because the girls got to stay and the guys got to rotate. So the guy that was first for me, I don't know what it was, but I just really liked his energy and I felt chemistry instantly with him. Like like that, um, 
that like in your body chemistry that just like you feel I felt right away with him and I think it's just because he was so personable and attractive and cool and um I just was like wow I really like this guy but I can't tell if I just felt that way because he's an attractive personable guy like does he make everyone feel that way do you get what I'm saying it's like if Tyler Cameron sat next to you like you're gonna think you have chemistry with him because he's hot you get what I'm saying not comparing this guy to Tyler Cameron. I'm just, I'm just saying. Anyway, so I had chemistry with him. He was the guy that I probably um, liked even throughout, like the 15 guys. So then I talked about 15 people. And what I thought was interesting was like a lot of them are guys I probably wouldn't have swiped for on a dating app, but I really wound up enjoying my time with them and liking what we talked about. So it just goes to show that like you should kind of branch out of what you would normally think because you could still meet some really cool people. Like there was someone from Spain, someone from Ghana, someone from like some people from New York, then like the Long Island guys, then like the Jewish guys, the Catholic guys that, you know, there was like a little bit of everything. I felt like it was like a really diverse group of people. And, um, there was a few guys that like I liked, um, and thought were cool, but no one, again, that I was like, oh my God, this is my husband. Um, I went into it like super open-minded. I didn't expect to meet anyone. I just went for the experience. So to me, I had no pressure. Like I felt nothing about it. I was just like excited. But the few things that, like a few things stood out to me. So one is initially I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say I do for work? Like, do I lie about my job? But I'm such a bad liar and I wound up basically telling every single person what I did and the company that I worked for um, because, like, I think that's just kind of what you do when you first get to know someone. It's like, oh, where do you work? Oh, what do you do? And it just kind of kept coming up naturally because I knew the girl that was hosting the event. So they'd be like, oh, how, do you, how did you get invited? And I'd be like, oh, I used to work in the same industry as the host. Oh, what industry? Like, no matter what, I was just – it kept getting brought back to that. The thing is, like, there is a certain, like, twinkle in men's eyes when they hear Barstool. And, like, that's why I don't like saying the company that I work for because instantly they're like, what's your podcast? What do you talk about? But, like, they just start getting, like, a little, like, weird. Some people were really cool and they were like, oh, my God, that's great. Like, good for you. Because everyone had cool jobs. There was, like, a radiologist and, like, a lawyer and a this and a that. But then some people, like one guy, only one guy did this. He was like, so how many people asked to be a guest on your podcast? I was like, no one except you. He's like, well, I'm going to be the first one. I'm like, okay, turn off, turn off. Like that's why I avoid bringing this shit up because that's such a turn off to me. Everyone else for the most part was like really cool. Um, I, I would say my first and the last guy were like the ones that I liked the most but then the last guy when we were leaving was like, Alyssa, like throw a barstool party. And I'm like, oh, this is why I don't say this. So definitely a learning for me. I think it takes like a super secure guy or like someone that like loves their profession. That's a, I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. Um, okay. My other takeaway was that I thought it was so weird how many people 
thought it was weird to be meeting in real life. Like a lot of the guys kept being like, are you having fun? And I was like, yeah, I'm having such a good time. Like I love meeting people in person. I'm such a people person. And they were like, yeah, it's so weird, right? And I'm like, what do you mean it's weird? And they're like, you know, it's so weird to like not be scrolling and just like meeting people. Like normally I wouldn't go up to anyone at a bar. And I'm like, this is what's wrong with society. The fact that every single person is commenting on how weird it is to be talking to people in real life is weirder than the fact that we're talking in real life. And it just like made me sad for our society that we're so conditioned to apps and screens and social media that people find it weird to be talking in real life. So that was my other takeaway, which also makes me think that like, they're really onto something here because we all were talking about how much we enjoyed it and how great it was to meet people face to face. And like, I think we all just had a really nice time. It was like fun for everyone, especially after being in COVID and like not having that much face to face with people. So I think they're going to be really successful at this company. And I think some other like speed dating companies are on the up too. So they're onto something for sure. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's like, I I don't know. I felt 0% nervous, like I said, because normally before you go on a date with one person, you have the expectation, like you've already looked at that person's social media or their dating profile and made a story in your head about who they are, what they're about. This was different because there was no story in my head. Like I didn't know who I was meeting, what they looked like. I just was like, hey, there's going to be 15 people and like maybe one or two are cool. But, like, they all were cool. Like, I have to say, every single person, like, one person was from Dubai. Like, everyone was cool. Um, so that's my story. I'll get back into the podcast, but I had to come on here and update you guys because I couldn't leave you hanging like that. Um, however, I do have some other personal life updates that I know the Tea Tribe is very, 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 very invested in. Um, and then, we'll, of course, we'll do Ask Alyssa. We'll spill the tea on different pop culture things that are going on. Then I have a really, 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 really cool interview with Mystic Michaela, who reads auras. She's very known. I'm sure you guys have heard of her. And she read me like a freaking book. She was like, you're this way. You do this. You do that. I felt like, do you know me? It was so interesting to meet someone for the first time and them to know so much information about you without ever even speaking because she obviously has like psychic abilities and she has this aura reading um like blessing and she just was so spot on with everything she said to me and my therapist um is actually very like spiritual as well so I like love to tell her about my like hippy dippy shit so I told her about it today and we wound up getting on this whole conversation and she was like have you ever discussed this with your followers and I was like kind of like in little bursts and but not really and she was like I think you should dig into it and um I want to dig into some of that stuff that we kind of talked about today before that I'll go a little lighter on you guys um so if you follow me on Instagram which I think most of you do I have had a six month long couch saga so basically, I ordered a couch in August, a white couch, custom-made from West Elm. It kind of looked like the Restoration Hardware um, cloud couch. I was so excited. I measured. I like, you know, I was just like, oh, gorgeous. Like, it was a big purchase. It was like $2,500, which to me is a lot of money. 
So I'm really excited. By the couch, I um, get rid of my old couch two days before it's supposed to come, as you do because you make room for the couch. Couch doesn't come. I get an email saying, your couch is delayed until February. So now it's November. Couch isn't there. I sent my other couch back. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Um, just reiterating this for some of you that are new. So I get an inflatable couch on Amazon and I'm like being so cool about it. I'm like, this is going to be fun. We'll have sleepovers. It will be like a winter oasis. We'll make it cute. I'll hang lights. Like I was being so positive about the fact that I wasn't going to have a couch for another three months. The second the inflatable couch came, I sat on it. My butt sunk, hit the floor, and I lost all hope in that moment. I was like, I'm going to fucking kill someone. Like I was. Then I was like, I need a couch. So I posted all of this to TikTok. A furniture rental brand saw me post it. They said, we'll send you a couch for three months. So I'm like, oh my God, amazing. They sent me a couch. Was it the couch I would have chosen? No, but it's free for three months. So who cares? I have a couch for three months. Amazing. A place to sit. Yesterday, I am like, I send the couch back to the rental furniture company because my new couch was coming yesterday. So I'm all ready. I leave work early. I go to get the couch to sign for it. The guys are like, hey, um, we can't fit it in the freight elevator. So I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, no, it's too tall. Right. Like the ceiling wasn't high enough. Okay. So even though I measured and it fit in my apartment, it didn't fit in the elevator. But I don't know how people get couches in then because – if you have like a if you have a bigger apartment and you get an L-shaped couch, the, I guess you have to like be able to take it apart. But my whole thing was like this was one of the smaller couches on the market. Right. So I'm like if you can't fit this, like I don't know how anyone's getting couches right. in here. So I was like what do I do? So I'm on the phone with the couch doctor. I'm like give me a quote, how much would it cost to take this thing apart? And but and cuz like they have these doctors that come doctors they have these like guys that come and like saw the couches apart and then bring them upstairs in two pieces and then sew them back together and you can't tell right so I was like how much does it cost and he's like anywhere from 350 to 750 depending depending on the item and I was like well that's a really big range like 350 I could stomach 750 I'm not paying so right I've never done this in my entire life I was so desperate I was like are you the owner he's like yeah I was like, look, I have a big following on social media. Like, I could promote your business. I'm in the lobby. People hear me saying this. Like, such a douche lord. But it was like, I was just like, I was like, could, could I post it? Like, I'm, I'm posting this whole journey on my Instagram. Like, you're automatically going to get promoted. Like, could we cut a deal, please? And yeah. he was like, I don't know. So I'm like, I'm not paying $750 to get it cut in half because then when I move, I'm going to have to pay $750 again to get it, cut to get it out. Yeah. So I'm like, that's – what the couch call? like that's just ridiculous so I go to the guy from West Elm and I'm like could you take it back on the truck and I'm gonna call West Elm and I'll figure it out with them and he's like yes I call West Elm I get this woman I it was like service woman customer service from hell you know what I mean like oh god she didn't understand what I was saying I couldn't understand what she was saying she was like moving very slowly so I just in the middle of our conversation I was like would you mind transferring me to someone else it's hilarious. Well, I just like, I was like, I can't, yeah. we're not going to solve anything. She couldn't understand what I was asking for. So she was like, please hold. <laughs> like all of a sudden I get transferred. And then I got this great guy who was like, what do you need? Let's figure it out. And he was like, I've never personally heard of like the couch doctor thing. Like we don't offer those services. He's like, but 
I had a, I knew my couch wasn't refundable, but I didn't tell him that. So I was like, can you just issue a full refund? And he was like, let me see. And he put me on hold for like 10 minutes and he comes back and he's like, I could do it. Nice. Because it was custom made. So they really shouldn't refund right. it. But he, he, there was no other option. Yeah. So he was like, okay, you're refunded. And um, so now I'm relieved to get refunded. But then I'm like, I'm back at square one. It's been six months waiting for this couch. And now I'm back to having no couch and every furniture item has a six-month delay on it. Right. So also now I'm spiraling thinking I can't get anything up here anyway. How am I ever going to fit a couch up here? So I'm just like in a spiral and I'm very impulsive, like very. I ordered a couch on a whim, like this Mario Bellini couch. It's it was a thousand dollars more it was um it's so sick like it's a gorgeous gorgeous yeah, I saw couch a picture. It's really cool but like I, there's a reason I didn't order it in the first place and that's because I wanted something comfortable because I always go for the cute looking couch over the comfort but really at the end of the day who's seeing it but me yeah so like this time I tried to go comfort and it didn't work. So now I'm back to going fancy. Like, so whatever. So I ordered this couch on a whim. It says it ships in five to seven business days, which is why I ordered it. It's gorgeous. It's like boucle, um, white. It separates. You could add on to it. So even though it was expensive, I could add a piece. I could take away a piece. I could make it a sectional. I could, when I move into a house years down the road, I could use them as two separate chairs. Like, there's just a lot of versatility with it. Um... So we will see in five to seven business days if my new couch comes. If not, I will wring someone's neck. Like, I am over it. I am at my wit's end. Like, just done. I'm done. Yeah, I don't blame you. That reminds me of that um, girl's story with Adele. Adele? Adele. (laughs) Remember, yeah. Like, like, no matter what she does, you just can't go to an Adele concert. It's like, kind of no matter what you do, you can't get a couch. I can't get a couch. Yeah. And someone DM me, and they were like, I love this bit. I'm like, no, this isn't a comedy bit. Like, this is my life. (laughs) And like, I need a couch. Um, So anyway, so that's the lighter stuff. Time for the heavier stuff. So someone DM'd me because I did a um, Q&A on Instagram, and someone asked me, like, how are you? And I was like... I'm good, but I'm stressed. Like, I just always have work, self-inflicted work stress is what I called it. And this person DM'd me and they said, can you please talk about self-inflicted pressure at work on the pod? And that's what I talked to my therapist about this morning and that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Well, it started as me talking about work with my like with my therapist and then it turned into high school and bullying and like, you know, like things just like spiral into yeah. – this whole long conversation. So my self-inflicted work pressure runs deep. I think because I don't really think I felt a ton of pressure when I worked um, for other people and had bosses that closely managed me because I was kind of just like whatever I'm on a team someone will pick up the slack I would say it really started when I became my own brand like Alyssa Amoroso is a brand whether I like it or not so I think the self-inflicted pressure came then and um it's so weird because I never in my life want a boss but also not having one you get no affirmation 
Yeah. You're not like, oh, you're doing well. Or like, hey, this idea is working or it isn't working. Mm-hmm. And when I started to unpack all of this with my therapist, I realized I'm like, I don't even go to my mom and my sister and people in my life and tell them about what's stressing me out because sometimes I'm like, for me to explain all the nuances of my day-to-day to you, it's going to take more time. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get it, so I'm just going to keep it in. Mm-hmm. So then instead, I'm just spiraling in my own brain, which I think – will be better for me when I have like a partner and I can like go home and like tell someone stuff that I'm going through but like I think I just spiral in my brain like I come up with a new idea and then I'm like do people like it do do I have to do this do I have to do that how do I keep it going how do I blow this up how could I expand on this and I'm just always constantly like putting this pressure on myself that no one else is putting on me right it's literally just me putting it on myself yeah well, it's hard, especially at the company that we work at. It's like you kind of feel like you constantly need to be like, what's the next thing? What's What can I do to get bigger? So it's a constant pressure almost. And there's like no one really, since your content, like there's no one really telling you like, hey, like here's how you should do this. Here's what's mm-hmm. not working. It's kind of just like all up to you. And I think then we were saying that and then it spun into what I was talking about last week about – having my integrity and I was saying I rather I know I could come on air and be absurd and get clicks and views but then I won't be able to like rest my head on my pillow at night and sleep well knowing that I wasn't like my true self Mm -hmm. and then we started talking about (laughs) it really spiraled into a bunch of conversations about me caring what people think of me like I haven't even vocalized this but I've been judging myself for Sunday Scandies Hmm. Um, so if you guys don't know I do this segment every single Sunday on Instagram stories where I post scandalous stories that people write in and I almost have like my own internalized judgment because I'm like people are gonna think you're trashy people are gonna think you're a pig and my therapist is like, but who's saying that to you? And I'm like, no, no one. Everyone loves it. And she's like, so why do you feel this I way? I know. That's so strange. It's because I think I was raised in such a, um, like, Italian-American family where it was kind of like, don't curse a lot. Don't don't talk about X, Y, Z. But my mom doesn't even say that to me now. Like, she completely just lets me be me. I get more embarrassed that when I see my friend's parents or their moms or I start dating someone and his mom follows my social media that they're going to think I'm like a pig. Yeah, but it's not you sending in the stuff. I know. That's what my cousin said. Yeah. She damned me. She was like, no one thinks this of you. No one. It's not. If it was. if you, And the, the thing about what you do is when you respond, you keep it nice and short it's not like you're like oh that happened to me too or Mm -hmm. i did that too you know like you just keep it like very low-key benign yeah i think it's just a lot i think it's just all in your own head well because it's it's a lot of pressure from society like going like okay picture this picture you just start talking about sex on social media. Right. And then you go to a family gathering and you yeah. know all your parents' friends follow you. Yeah. It's You're going to feel awkward, a certain type of way. For sure. But I think there's a difference between what you do and say like what like Alex Cooper does. Like she's very open about her sex life and it's pub and she talks about it publicly. So it's like when she goes to sit down next to Uncle Jerry and he's like, I yeah. literally know everything about what you do. These are all these are all people that 
no one knows. I agree. I totally and, and like that's what I tell myself. And yeah, and that's, so your your life is still very anonymous. Well, that's why it goes back to me having my integrity, right? Because um, it's like, would you rather like would you sacrifice your integrity for good content? And my answer is like no, which is why I still don't really talk about myself in that way necessarily and I keep it anonymous for the people that are writing in but I do feel like I have my integrity but it I would lie if I said I don't feel judged but no one's making me feel that way other than I'm probably judging myself yeah I get that and I mean what it's a normal human thing to do so yeah but some people really just don't care like some yeah. people really could just talk about whatever and not care about the implications. Yeah, I wish. And I'm not that way. No, I'm not that way either. I think it's just our upbringings, like the way our parents maybe like have made us. Just like I you don't know. Yeah, no, I I couldn't I couldn't like agree more. Yeah, like uh, a, t- a judgmental Italian mothers yeah, and grandmothers. Yeah, and extended yeah. family. Yeah, totally. Um, so for me, it's like that. And so there's just always these, the struggle that I'm battling with between like my integrity and then views and then it's a lot feeling misunderstood. Like people don't know me and it's all internal pressure. And the reason I'm talking about this is because whether you guys are in my position or not, you probably feel the same way about other aspects of your life, like putting pressure on yourself, whether it's to eat and look a certain way or to be a certain type of girlfriend or boyfriend or to show up a certain way to your friends like sometimes there are these things that people aren't saying that we're almost like judging ourselves for or we're putting pressure on ourselves and then you have to like really step out and it kind of coincides with this episode because I always intuitively in my gut know the answer and the one thing we talked about towards the end of the session was like my therapist was like, you know, in your gut. So stop doubting that. Hmm. And I think I was telling her because I am very intuitive. I think sometimes I pick things up on people. Like, let's say you and I meet someone at the same time. I might like instantly get like a gut feeling about them. And then you might two weeks later see it. I'm not Hmm. saying you specifically, but just someone two weeks later, see it. And you'll be like, oh my God, I see what you were saying. I feel like sometimes I see things and then it takes like other people like longer to see it. And then once they see it, I feel affirmed. I'm like, oh, I was right. My mm-hmm. gut was right. And my therapist is like, stop waiting for that affirmation. Like, listen right. to your gut. If you know it, you know it. You don't need other people to know right. it around you. Just, like, listen to it. Realize it. And um, it really does go into this whole intuitiveness conversation, which you'll hear me and Mystic Michaela get into. And um, it's really just a bigger, broader concept of, I don't know if I'm even speaking English for you guys because it's like I'm almost speaking like kind of spiritually. But it's just um, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot that I'm working on with um, being myself. I think I'm always myself, but being okay being myself and feeling like people see me and um, feeling like what I do is good enough and feeling like what I do, like I'm working hard enough um, because – We all feel like we could probably do better, I guess. Yeah. (sighs) Let me take a breath. I I will be like, I think once I let this kind of off my chest today, I'm hoping I could just like, I told you guys last week I'm turning over a new leaf. I feel like I'm shedding all of these things that have been like weighing, been like 
on my shoulders and I'm ready to just kind of like let it go and keep it moving and stop overanalyzing and um, just like step into the 2022 me that took me a little bit to to get into. Um, So here is my episode with Mystic Michaela. I hope you guys enjoy it and stick around for Ask Alyssa and Spill the Tea. Okay, guys, I am here with Megan, a.k.a. Mystic Michaela, which we just discussed you go through, you go by on social media. Um, Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, my gosh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I just told my coworker, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go record with Mystic Michaela. And she almost started crying. She was like, I'm obsessed with her. Like, literally tears. She was, And then she was, like, trying to guess my aura colors. She's like, I listened to all her podcasts. I bet she got it right. Did she say you were purple? She said blue and blue and or pink. I don't know. I honestly can't even remember. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, like the people that kind of follow it, like follow my podcast and follow my Instagram. Like I try to make it very, like I've personified a lot of the colors to yeah. the point where everybody can kind of, I, we call it aura explain over here. Mm. So like you can aura explain each other or explain your family. It's just a fun thing to do and insightful and allows you to kind of understand people in a different way. This is so cool. So could you talk me through a little bit? like about how you realized that you could read auras and like what that even showed up like for you in your life? Yeah, so I come from a psychic family. So um, we were also Catholic. So it's kind of, you know, really confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're super Catholic, but we're also psychic. So don't talk about <laughs> it or whatever. But um, it was so I guess my point is it was never exactly shut down. Hmm. And it was never called weird or anything like that. It was just like, oh, yeah, that's just, you know, how spirit works for you or whatever. But I always saw colors. That was like always my big thing. Um, nobody else in my family can do it the way that I do it. So they were like, okay, whatever, you know, but I didn't get a lot of direction. So I tried to live like a normal person life and I got my degree in teaching and I was like a Spanish middle school teacher for quite a while. And then I was like, oh my gosh, finally, I know what these auras are good for because I was looking at the kids, like all my middle schoolers. And I was realizing like all their different aura colors actually helped me differentiate instruction. So I was able to like, you know, purples needed more artistic stuff and greens needed more kind of like structure. They didn't like to write as much or Mm, like, so I would, it helped me a lot. And I was like, wait a second. Okay, cool. Like that's what it means. But then, you know, and, and that's the thing, like for anybody and I'm sure you understand this too, like you go through life and you, it takes lots of different opportunities to understand like what direction you're supposed to be going in. So parents would come in for parent teacher conferences. And that's when the auras were different than the kids. That's when it was like, I'm getting deeper stuff. That's when it's like, whoa, this is like patterned or something like that. And when that started happening, I was not able to deliver the messages. Like I really felt like I needed to deliver because it's super not professional, Mm -hmm. you know, to give a psychic reading at a teacher conference. And then (laughs) just it all kind of led to where I am now. So in a nutshell, it was definitely an evolution of me understanding like what these are for and what I'm supposed to be doing with them. I wish I had teachers like that because I had such a hard time in school because I'm more Mm -hmm. creative and like I'm not necessarily as book smart but I'm smart more in like a common sense type of way or with my hands or creative and it was so hard for me to sit in class and focus (laughs) and that's a whole nother conversation just about school being like so confusing for kids that don't learn the same way but the fact that you could read that 
probably made you such a better teacher to be able to be like, oh my God, my kids did so good. I loved, I love teaching because kids are authentic. You know, Mm -hmm. like they, they're a hundred percent, they're grumpy. They're a hundred percent grumpy. Like I can handle that. You know, they're, they're happy. They're happy. You can handle it. It's as we grow up, we start wearing other, I see it as other aura colors or we'll absorb different energies. We'll, We'll be like more inauthentic. And that's when people can start to trigger you or bother you or drain you or stress you out. So yeah, I love teaching. Teaching with like working with kids is a really great way to feel like authentic in life because they're real. So. Mm, totally. So how did you kind of figure out the what the colors you were seeing meant? Like, so I always had. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, like, if someone if if you keep seeing a certain personality type act a certain way and they keep looking, let's say, green, then you're like, OK, those characteristics fit that color is that kind of how you figured it out in your head yes a hundred percent that's exactly what happened yeah like um every color has a vibe too which is why I tell everybody you all can read auras really because like even if you can't see the colors you all we're all able some of us easier than others are able to pick up vibes Mm -hmm. and each color has a vibe but yeah I would associate over time, like, okay, my, my mom was purple. So a lot of people who reminded me of my mom, you know, happened to be purple too. I was like, okay, there's something to this. Or my grandmother was yellow. So the same kind of thing, like I would uh, make the associations. And then I started to just, as I got more and more into it, as I started doing actually, you know, more readings is when I was like, oh, wait a second. The nuance is not just surface personality stuff. I'm talking about patterns, how it's like a filter, you know, like a Snapchat filter or something. Mm-hmm. It's a filter on how you see the world when you have a certain, most people have two aura colors. So it's a filter on how you see the world and other people have different filters and kind of explaining that to people can resonate with them. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's why every time so-and-so says this to me, I take it this way when really it's just them trying to work themselves out or whatever. Mm. So, so yeah, finding the patterns in different people helped me personify the five main aura colors and like the three kind of extra aura colors that I'll see. Could you tell me what the aura colors are? Cause I really yeah. don't know anything about this. So I'm like oh. super interested. Okay, so I'll tell you each aura color and then like the vibe of it. Too. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's five main aura colors. There's red, green, yellow, blue, purple. Um, okay, so reds, their vibe is like intense. So these are kind mm. of like, like the rock, like that, like, kind <laughs> of like, you know, assertive and leaders and kind of aggressive, but in a like a passionate way. Mm. These are your like entrepreneurs. These are like firefighters. These are people who sometimes they're in politics. Sometimes they're running businesses, that kind of thing. Um, purples. Purples are the vibe is spontaneous, fun, like flexible. Purples are creative. They're super um, excited to try new things. They'll throw themselves into something without being hundred percent sure how to do it. I eh, will wing it, you know, like that. And they're super intuitive. These are like your artists and creators and singers. And honestly, you see purples everywhere because they'll end up fitting into different spots because they have to do a lot of different things in life to feel productive and filled. Um, yellows. Their vibe is very inquisitive. These are the other people that get the journal up to date. They got their iPhone calendar all set up. <laughs> they ask a lot of questions. They are, they take a minute to process. Like if you say, you know, if they, if like, let's say you say something to them, they might take a minute to process it before they answer thoughtfully. Um, so they can get called cold sometimes, but mm. they're really not. They're just taking a second. 
Uh, these are your, I mean, they work a lot with like marketing or um, interior design, or sometimes they're uh, administrative assistants, things like that. Greens, Greens vibe is very intellectual. So think like Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Okay, well, I mean, those are your like, mm -hmm. those are big examples of green people. Um, these people like to work with tech. They're very quiet and focused usually on very small details that are just like them. And the, they like to work alone and they're very focused. So like green kids can play with Legos all by themselves forever, mm -hmm. like that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, and then the green people, yeah, like tech or anything like it's, money. It's funny. I was going to say like green and money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got, see, you know it. Like, yeah. yeah not, like you could pick it up. Like you mm -hmm. that feeling. They're kind of mm -hmm. like, okay, nerdy, but in a cute way mm -hmm. like that. Um, a blue blues vibe is very compassionate. These, like when we talk about, like, I think the word gets tossed around too much, but empaths, like blues really pick up other people's feelings as their own. And so they usually see them as nurses or caregivers, you know, teachers, therapists, like everywhere. They're all mm -hmm. over the place. Um, these, and they're just, they're the ones that they actually care. Like they want to see the pictures of your cat and they want to mm -hmm. like, they want to know how you're doing. And when they ask, they actually mean it. And they can't have a good time if you're next to them, not having a good time. They're going to mm -hmm. like try to fix you first. So I think I got through all the colors, but that's the five main aura colors and all their vibes. Do I have any blue because I feel like I kind of relate yeah. with that so when I see you uh-huh you're interesting okay because like <laughs> and I was I was looking at your social media before because uh -huh. and this happens sometimes like people I'll explain it so right now you're purple blue so mm. it's a lot of blue the purple merges in I feel like the way that they play off each other is really interesting because you're super creative and you're always wanting to like push yourself and, and try new things and think of new things, but also for the purpose of connecting. Mm -hmm. Like you really want, like, how can people feel seen? How can people feel hurt? How can I bring people into the umbrella of this? And I, and it's really authentic and sweet. And that definitely comes off on you, but you're also like really intuitive. I feel like you know people really well, but I also get that it's been hard for you to trust that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And in your line of work, and this is where I was seeing on your Instagram, some of your photos, just because it's like work or whatever, yeah. A little red. It's like a hat you wear. It's not exactly supposed to be there. It's probably because you have to deal with a lot of tough personalities mm -hmm. sometimes and like talk to them, you know, because purple blues are like, okay, let me tell you a story. And it's like a zigzag line. So like when you have to, like, I have to tell this person exactly what I need, exactly how it needs to be done. I got to stick up for myself. I got to be clear and use my voice. And I feel like for that, sometimes you got to put on a little bit of armor. Mm -hmm. Um, also, you being in, you know, in such the spotlight and you're a very sensitive person, I can see you sometimes needing to put a little bit of red up just for your, just as a protection sometimes. Um, it's definitely a blessing to be your aura combination because people connect you, but like also can be really hard because people want to sometimes throw rocks at it. I'm sure you've dealt with that, you know, because yeah. you're so authentic in yourself and when you open up your heart to let people in so they feel like that too, sometimes really hurt people try to get in there too. And I get that you've learned to, to see that and then put a little red up and be like, get out. <laughs> so, wow. so it's interesting how you don't wear it all the time though. That's a real gift of, of being able to organize your energy and, and use your energy like a tool. Wow, you're so spot on. It's like eerie. I Yeah, because I am so... So I'm a Capricorn, so I'm obviously like work entrepreneurial, but I would say 
some of it I really relate to, but then the rest of it, I think I'm like more empathetic and sensitive than what Capricorns get credit for. So it's like interesting that you're saying that because it's kind of that balance of those two things that I struggle with. And yeah, I would say I'm like susceptible to like kind of getting hurt sometimes or like people taking advantage of me for whatever reason. So yeah, that was really like really spot on. Oh, I I love that. Like when somebody sees it, you know, and because I think like with you and I think a lot of you of other listeners can understand sometimes the parts of ourselves that we think are the weak parts are actually like our strongest, strongest Mm. parts. And we just remember the times that we've been hurt because of those parts, but really more times than often, those are the parts that are the reasons why all the good things have happened. Because I'm sure for you, I just get chills because like just feeling your energy. If you didn't throw yourself out there over and over again, because you know what, I got hurt, but I'm I'm brave enough, I'm going to do it again. You wouldn't be where you are today and you Mm. wouldn't be going where you're going next. So you don't let yourself be stopped by it. You actually jump back in. It's really, really inspiring. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I feel like I fall off the horse and get back up. I always joke. I'm like, I'm one of those people that like learns the hard way, but then I keep going. Like I'm going to keep trying it a different way, but sometimes I kind of have to learn the hard way through life. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. But it purples, is. I'll tell purples, like they're kind of like phoenixes in the ashes, like burning to not burning to ashes and rising again. And some purple people like you and I, you know, some other creators too. It's like, sometimes you need to totally level off a little bit. Like, all right, let's start from scratch. I got to do this again. And it's like a real interesting process to watch because it's constant rebirth, rebirth, rebirth. Mm. But that's how you learn so much. And that's how, that's how you, that's really like what you're supposed to be here for. It's a, it's a tougher path, but it's definitely probably the only one that feels authentic to you. Mm. So it's, it's hard. It's interesting, you know, and it makes for good stories. Yeah. It's so funny. You're talking about all of this because I go to therapy and well, first of all, I had therapy this morning and I was saying, I'm so intuitive with certain things. Like I just like, I just get these like vibes, like, okay, this is going to happen. So as a result, like I'm going to act this way because I don't know, I can't explain it. Not like I'm like seeing the future, but I just get a gut instinct about like something that's going to happen. And it happens like twice this week with something. And I'm being kind of vague because they're like people's personal matters, like, you know, giving a friend advice on something and then it happens or something for myself and then it happens. But um, we were talking about intuitiveness this morning and because I had therapy this morning and I was telling her how I go like through ins and outs with my spirituality where like sometimes I'm like so spiritual and then other times I kind of like lose sight of it a little bit and recently I've been feeling reconnected and just like the smallest thing we were talking about um, like inner child's work and I was saying how I was thinking in my head I didn't even say it out loud I was like oh I read this book and this author um, called like you are the one talked about your inner child we hang up the therapy session and I get an email from the author's publicist, like pitching him to come on my podcast. That's weird. Isn't that weird? Like just like weird things like that always happen to me where like I'll think of something and then like it will kind of materialize like immediately after. And it's a thing. Yeah. yeah. If you think about it, like 
I call it like reading trajectories, you know, because the future is very free will based, but you can pick up if you're very intuitive and, and anybody can work on it. But if you're very like naturally intuitive, like you are, you can pick up on trajectories and especially purple people. I call it like mic drop, mic drop stuff. Like you just get truth, like, boom, that's what's going to happen or whatever, like with your friends or whatever. Um, and then for yourself, that's really cool. Cause I would say that's definitely like, you were just tuned into the frequency of the universe, you know, whatever you want to call that, whatever words, anybody wants mm-hmm. to use it. Like your angels were like, Hey, yeah, that's going to happen. And guess what here? We're going to set that up for you. Um, that's so cool though, because it's kind of like a confirmation that you're, you're dialed in, which yeah. is always good. Uh-huh. And I notice it when I'm really tuned in that I'll notice things like that, like signs and it's, it's really interesting. It's just something that kind of, like you said, it makes you feel reassured. Um, one thing that I did read in your bio is that you started getting messages, visions from um, loved ones that maybe have passed. What, how does this all correlate to that? Like, is it separate? Is it similar? I, I'm just, am really interested in how that even came to be for you. So I think like just, speaking for myself, how I work as, um, I guess, whatever you want to call me, like a psychic or I, I like, I'm always get funny about that word. Cause there's so many weird ones out there. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I try to, like, I always say, I try to keep the paranormal normal, but like with my aura reading and intuitive, you know, uh, sessions with people, what I realized about myself was I first, I noticed the aura, mm. then I jump into it and I'm swimming in the energy. And there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of doorways that open in there. And so a lot of times uh, with clients, if I'm doing a reading and I always ask for photos because my thing, I I need to connect to Mm -hmm. eyes. So if somebody, you know, they'll give me photos and I'll connect to one. And that's when I can get messages from people who've crossed over as well. Mm. Uh, So for me, I'm an empathic medium, which just means the way that I get messages is I start to feel their personalities and I start to feel their feelings and I start to steal their sentiments or their sense of humor or their regrets or like their should have saids or all those kinds of things kind of bubble up. And it's interesting because it all, I guess like the way that I see it, it all lives around you. Like each one of us is like this bubble of beautiful energy. That's very connected to that, which is greater than us. Mm. So when somebody allows me to kind of jump in there, I get to kind of look around and be like, Oh, look, you know, here's this person. This is what they had to say. For me, just what I've noticed over the years, like doing readings for people is I'm real big about where are you stuck and how do we move you out of that? Like, mm-hmm. and, and what are the patterns? How, do, how, do the, how does the past relate to the present relate to where, where you got to go next? How do we get you back on your soul contract path, which is what you're here to do? I know, and I noticed a lot of times like with loved ones, they'll come in and that's kind of always the goal. Like, let's let give you closure or let's just tell mm. you I love you or let's just move you forward or let me just let you know you, I have support. So that's how it kind of all relates. Everybody works different. Anybody who goes see for a session probably works different. That's just how I work um, because it's real big on, yeah, like what you're supposed to be doing here and noticing the things that are holding you back. Mm. Sometimes that's, I don't want to say grief because grief is something that we live with when we lose somebody, but sometimes it's regret or it's a feeling of blame or it's a feeling of guilt or something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they'll come in to try to repair that for you. Wow. So do you work with clients one-on-one or have you stopped taking personal sessions because it's 
just you're so in demand <laughs> like how do I know. you how do you work with people now it's hard yeah well I I have like um I definitely have like a wait list so mm-hmm. I do readings it's just hard to get you know and I'm blessed and I feel very grateful of course but yeah. like you know I it's I, yeah I don't do I can't get to everybody anymore well, because- so what so my big thing is like you know I'm a teacher right so like my big thing is let's teach you how to do it because I'm telling you anytime somebody dies in your life you're the medium 1000%. Does it feel better to have somebody you don't know say it to you? Yeah, it mm-hmm. does. It's interesting. It, it's validating. But honestly, the best readings I have is when I say, tell somebody something, they're like, oh, I already knew that. And it's like, yeah, you did. See, you know, you already knew that. That's the point. Um, Cause there's no way I should have known that. So the fact that you're just getting validated means that you can trust yourself. Mm. So a lot of times when people lose somebody, they, it's hard because you feel so many emotions, but that's actually the way, like it's a conduit for those on the other side to connect to you. So paying attention to how you feel, when you feel things, maybe you're sharing emotions with somebody on the other side. It's kind of like a shared experience that you can have with people who've passed. So a lot of my teachings that I do is like recognizing how you're the medium, how that, how that works for you. I mean, I spend a lot of time trying to tutor other people to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I had um, an intuitive on my podcast sometime last year, and she was saying how she was like, we all have it within us to be intuitive. And like she teaches people how to tap into it. And I feel like for you, being an empath you yourself, like it's probably really taxing on you to pick up on all of these auras and personalities of people and feel their pain and their struggle and their happiness and is it like do you have to set boundaries for yourself because I'm sure it could be really overwhelming yeah after sessions I need like alone time or um you know take a salt bath or sometimes just cry um and I'm not it's it's a beautiful thing it's just it's just uh, I'm just a person you know so what happens is is when I get to channel something that's so big and so beautiful and so powerful it's just, yeah, it's like tiring or exhausting, not in a bad way, just in a way where I got to kind of take my energy and separate it so that I can be um, Megan again, I guess. Because when I merge with somebody, I merge, like I leave myself, you know, I've got nothing to do with it. I say that all the time, like I'm just the phone, mm-hmm. but I let spirit kind of use me as a vessel for whatever they need to use me for. But so it can be a little, you know, it, it, it's work to kind of step away from it and make sure none of Megan gets involved in the readings. But yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the stuff, I mean, my clients, people that I've read, bravest people, like all of you, like the brave, like the things people go through and get up the next day. And the beauty of the work that I get to do is I get to see how they survive mm. and see how they moved on and you kind and the and my biggest regret is I can't fill them with the admiration spirit if you want to call it that has for them for doing it Mm. like I will be in awe of them but I'm picking that up from the other side like you're amazing do you know what you just got through do you know how you're repairing wounds and you know trying to fix yourself so that you're better so that you're raising children better or whatever you're doing better like all that um that's it's it's amazing to me so I try to write about it (laughs) I try to write about it sometimes sometimes it sticks with me like I just had um a reading the other day it really stuck with me Uh, a woman 
just gave me a picture and I just knew he passed. It was a young man. I just mm. knew he passed and she confirmed it. And I said, wow, um, he, he, I got filled and it's a very unfamiliar feeling. I got filled with this just feeling of sacrifice, mm. but this feeling of like, but it's okay. And this is how it had to be done. And there's no words for it. It was like the feeling of it. Yeah, you just knew. Right? Yeah. And I felt lights out, which is like my own way of understanding how somebody died. It was like sudden. And I felt duty and service, those two words and those feelings, which again, I don't know those feelings, but I felt them. Well, she confirmed that he sacrificed himself in the line of fire so that he was, he was, um, uh, he was serving in, Mm -hmm. you know, overseas and he put himself in the line of fire so that the rest of his, his service members did not die. He took himself out, you know, it, it was, it was a sacrifice. It was absolutely amazing. And just to be like the bravery that I got to feel. And then he showed me a t-shirt. He's I'm like with an emblem. And I'm like, do you wear this t-shirt for him? And she just was like, oh my God, every birthday we have a t-shirt for him, you know? So they're with us. And then after that reading, it was just like, that stuck with me. Like just the feeling of somebody doing that for their brothers. Like that's, I mean, so that stuff doesn't go away. It's it, it, it enhances my life and it's amazing, but I think those are the stories that stick with me and and other people need to know them, you know? It's so al- it's also like, yeah, what a way to see the world because you get to see goodness in people. Yes. And it's like sometimes, you know, we don't all like sometimes appreciate sacrifices, like you said, or hardships. And you really get to be like, no, this person died with dignity or this person had sacrifice or love or this or that and it's really it must be as tiring and draining it must be really rewarding a lot of times so rewarding it also it's funny that you said that it's like you really see me Alyssa um seeing the good in everybody (laughs) that's like and I'm sure you're like this too or a lot of your listeners are like this it's really sometimes we give people passes because we always see the good in them like whoever they are. I remember early on, I had a reading with a woman and her boyfriend was cheating on her with this other girl. Okay. And it was kind of like, all right, well, this, this is what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And you know, this is like the situation. And, and, and that other woman wasn't like, she didn't come through as like awesome energy in the reading, obviously. Mm -hmm. Then maybe a week or so later, I read another person and her husband was cheating on her with another girl. And that person came through and it wasn't a great energy. It was like, mm. oh my gosh, like it turns out because they both emailed me. They're like, listen, we didn't even know this. Like we both came to you. We're the ones with the same guy. Stop. <laughs> and I'm like, and I just wrote to both of them. Like, I just want you to know, like, this is not bringing out your best selves. Like, because mm. it, it, in both of your readings, like you're both lovely people, but like on the oppositional end, like you're not, you know? And it's like, <laughs> to get rid of him yeah like like something isn't right here (laughs) and you two you two figure it out because you should be friends and like just stay away from you know we look we can be great people and stick ourselves in situations that really lower our vibe so that it's taught me that too yeah that's so fascinating yeah I do try to like always see the good in people like even if someone's 
like a murderer I'll be like they must have been battling with mental health like I can't <laughs> help but go there like and then I'm like why am I having empathy for the murderer like what is wrong with me like because that murderer was a baby once you know yes. like a little kid something happened something happened something, yeah yes I'm like sometimes though I'm like oh my god like stop that's why I'm like never put me on jury duty because like I'd be like I don't know <laughs> Same. I'm like well like can't we all just get along <laughs> Yeah. Like, can't everybody just hug it out? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so funny. Yeah, I think it's so cool. And, like, one, my last question, I don't know if it's – I don't know how to even articulate this, but whenever I'm talking to people that I know are either psychics or mediums or intuitives or whatever, I just, like, feel emotional in their presence. Oh. Is it because I know I'm, like – is it because I know I'm going into a situation that might be heavy or is it because I'm picking up on their energy? You're picking up on the energy. Because like, honestly, you were, okay. no, because you were saying things about me that mm-hmm. like resonate, mm-hmm. you know, like the like, little things you were saying. I was like, oh, that's huh. you know, like little, because you're picking up on me and obviously we're like best friends now. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> No, we're sharing, you know what? We're sharing energy. And yet sometimes when when I'm doing readings, I get sweaty, which is kind of gross, but you probably do too. Like when you're with somebody that like has a lot of energy and then you're sharing in that energy and you're sharing the space energy and you guys are like merging energies. It's, it's an intuitive situation. Hmm. Yeah. I always like, I notice that I instantly feel like, like not sad. Isn't the like emotional is, is the word I would use. Spirit makes us emotional. I think it's because it like takes us over. And like I said, like with um, the loved ones on the other side who like use emotion as a conduit, like, like your guides or angels or whatever you want to call it, they'll use that as a conduit too. Like emotions, a huge way that spirit communicates with us because it's, it's very pure and it's quick. Hmm. Wow. It's, it's all so fascinating. You are just like such a gift. I think it's incredible what you do. Um, and I thank you so much for like teaching me all of this. I'm going to go do research now. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on. I am absolutely like, I adore, I adore your energy. I thank love the, I love what you're doing here. And I feel like a lot of people just feel seen and heard with, you know, like the topics that you bring up and the truth that you bring to it and the vulnerability. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I, let's stay in touch. You were the best. Um, have a good one. And um, yeah, thank you again. Thank you. Okay, guys, time for Ask Alyssa. This person says that they are seeking advice. Hey, Alyssa, just wanted to get some advice from you as you seem like you've encountered many types of people based on your experiences. I'm a grad student and I'm unfortunately stuck working on a project with the biggest bitch in the world. My supervisor knows this, but because she's one of her favorites, she doesn't do much about it besides apologize on her behalf and give excuses as to why she's like that. I'm in the last year of my program and want to end things on a good note, but I'm getting so depressed and stressed out working with her. How do you deal with such negative people who think they're better than you, and how do you learn to not lose your cool around them? Sorry for rambling. Not sure if you'll even see this, but I'm a huge fan of the pod. Okay. Um, so you're, you're a grad student working with someone on a project with someone that's a bitch. Um, I mean, I've definitely worked with awful people. Oh, God, yeah. Awful people. And I know that feeling. You said you're stressed and depressed. It makes you sick to your stomach. I had this boss that she takes micromanaging to another level. She would – I started at this company, and she would not let me send any emails, like even internal emails, without looking over them. And then she would redline the entire email. 
And it would just be like, let's say the information was, um, all the information was there, but it wasn't written in the tone of voice that she writes in. She would just restructure it to sound like herself, but take out, but just like restructure my whole email, even though all the right information was there. Yeah, that's weird. I was miserable. Like, I felt like I can't win. Every time I send an email, you're picking it apart. You're, you hate everything I do. Like, I was feeling so low and deflated. So I know that feeling when you're having trouble working with someone. It's very depressing. Like, it really is. Um, I think you could uh, – so I had a conversation with this boss. I let far too long go until I had the conversation. But finally, I was like, when you do X, Y, Z, it makes me feel this way. And I work worse under pressure like that. You need to give me some space. And then she was able to hear me more. And things weren't perfect, but they were better. Yeah. So maybe you need to say to this classmate, um, just nicely, like not even make it confrontational. I would just be like, hey, like I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with whatever the issue is with maybe the way we're communicating is there something we could do to like streamline the process maybe you tackle this portion and I'll tackle this portion or maybe you do this and I do that like try to come up try to problem solve and if that doesn't solve the problem you're just I think you just have to deal with her until you're done um but it does suck when people make excuses for shitty behavior yeah I was just gonna say like it's so hard to want to do work or to get work done when you're working with someone that sucks. Yep. Because it just makes you not want to do it or at least makes you not want to do it well. I feel like same thing, like one of my higher ups at a internship that I had, like every time I would send something in, it would just be nitpicked to like the smallest thing where it's just like, oh my God, like, is it really that big of a deal? And then Every day, every day when I had to do it, it I just would get be pissed off because I'd be like, I know I'm going to send this in. And then I would fail. I yeah. would actually do worse. Yeah, totally. Be- because I'm just mad and I'm not yeah. putting in the best effort that I can when I'm like feeling good about my work. And the pressure would get to me. Totally. Like, and I'd be like, like, they'd be like, oh, you have a typo in this. So then I'd read over something 45 times and send it still with the typo. And they'd be like, yeah. how did you, how did you miss this? Didn't you read it? And I'd be like, yes, I literally read it 10 times. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. Because the pressure was just getting to me that I was so on edge and not myself. Yeah. It, oh, that's the worst That's feeling. the worst. Yeah, like you said before, when you were like, try to, you put yourself in one group and maybe she can put herself in another group or like mm-hmm. separate your work to kind of just separate yourself from her you know mm-hmm. so try i would say try to like just work with her as less as possible as you can and if it gets to a point where or i don't know what exactly the project is so maybe you can't do that there maybe there is another person you can talk to or another higher up you can talk to and just be like i want to graduate and have like a good time finishing this project mm-hmm. but this my group member is holding me back from my full potential and I don't know maybe they can set you up with something different or you can find a different project or different like topic to work on where you know you can separate yourself um but don't let it get to your head like don't let it get to you I feel like my one of my biggest problems in life is like I always like take other people's actions towards me or reactions towards me and i like let it get to me Mm -hmm. you take it personal yeah and it's just like don't like waste your time and energy on people that suck it's like they clearly they are a bitch for a reason and it's like don't let it um i guess like get to you Mm. 
It's yeah. true. It's like we internalize other people. I That's another thing I've been working on. Yeah. Like I think just like office dynamics and like working with other people, sometimes I'll take it personally and then I'm like, this has nothing to do with me. Exactly. Like why am I taking this like it's about me? Yeah. Um, so I think that's great advice. We are just going to do that one Ask Alyssa for today. We do need some new submissions. So if you guys could DM me on the Tea with Publicity Instagram account, I always keep it anonymous. Ask me about anything, dating, parents, boyfriend, girlfriends, friendship, work. I mean, the topics are off. Like you could literally ask me anything. I can care less. And, um, we will do our best to give you sound advice. We are going to spill the tea now. So let's spill the tea. Um, I didn't last week talk about the Kim Kanye Pete Davidson situation. I talked mainly about TV and I think there's some things that are going on. First of all, at this point, I hope Kanye's done on Instagram. I think my publicist opinion of what happened is Kanye was going insane on Instagram and then all of a sudden he posts this apology and um, it was perfectly written, no caps, great punctuation Mm. and then an hour later he was back on his bullshit. So like we know that was a a publicist or a lawyer response. My opinion is that Kanye was just being out of control on Instagram talking about threatening Pete Davidson, taking him out. putting conversations up with Kim, calling Pete skeet, like just going out of control. And my opinion is that a lawyer, like a div- like a divorce lawyer or a publicist was like, you are not going to win time with your kids mm. if you are publicly harassing your wife. Mm. So you need to apologize and take accountability and take this down. Mm. So Kanye put up, I'm sorry. I love my wife. I don't want to harass her. I realized it could have come off like that. I also realized that when I posted all caps, it could seem like I'm yelling. Yeah, that was funny. But then literally an hour later, he posts a picture of Kim in all caps with no punctuation. I'm yeah. like, oh, geez, he got his password back. Yeah. Um. So I think that was his team's way of trying to help him for legal reasons. Totally. I think people aren't talking enough about what he's doing to her. This is... Highly, I just had an epiphany moment. Hmm. You know how we watch the Britney Spears documentary now and we're like, this that would never happen today. Yeah. Like the way people treated her and harassed right. her. It's like we're watching Kanye harass Kim and we're all just letting it happen. Yeah. Everyone just like sees it as a joke. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's not well. It's like, no, he is literally harassing her. Yeah. He's posting private messages. He's... um threatening the guy that she's with he's posting pete's private messages to kanye which were so nice yeah the whole situation is just like very sad it's really sad First, it came off as like funny like oh it's memes oh it's whatever but at the end of the day like kanye is like clearly struggling with intense mental health problems i don't know if it's bipolar disorder or uh, multiple personality disorder or something like that yeah um but the way that he just airs all of his stuff out on Instagram, it's clearly just him going through some sort of mania. And mm-hmm. it's really sad to see because it's it's. He, I don't think he'll ever be taken seriously or take his mental health seriously. And it'll just keep going on like this. Well, I wonder, I wonder what conversations are like between Kim and Pete 
it because Pete has battled with mental health and I believe he's open about having bipolar disorder I wonder if he's maybe the perfect person for her to be with because he's able to have empathy for Kanye right you know like someone else might not understand and be like yo tame your ex-husband right whereas I wonder if Pete behind closed doors is like look he's going through something and it's okay I definitely think so and I think that might kind of be perfect yeah I totally agree for her to have someone who gets what it's like to yeah to go through struggles like this because obviously Kanye's not well yeah um and yeah it's really alarming it's really sad I feel for the kids yeah Um, and, and imagine if it was I saw this on Instagram imagine if it was the other way around if it was Kim posting on Instagram in all caps, posting all these pictures, people would literally call her like his like they would be like she's manic, she's she's hysterical, she's insane, like desperate. All this yeah, exactly. Like the way that the narrative would have been switched is just unbelievable. That's why I brought up the Britney Spears thing because I'm yeah. saying like, are we gonna look back in ten years and be like, why didn't we help Kim when Kanye was harassing her? Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, so sad. Are we failing her as a society yeah. that we're not? I feel like she needs a restraining order, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Because at a certain point, like, if he doesn't understand, like, normal boundaries when it comes to a divorced family, like, you can... She, it's not like she's not letting him see his kids. Like, he had his own birthday party for Chicago, and then he started to say how he wasn't invited to the one that Kim was having. It's because you're divorced, and you're going through a divorce and you're allowed to set boundaries when you're divorcing to make yeah. the relationship healthier for your children. And when you are literally talking badly on yeah. the internet and I just, yeah. it's really a lot. It's sad. And and I, 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 I truly feel bad for Kim. Like obviously truly. she is still a bajillionaire and, <laughs> has whatever she wants but at the end of the day like you can be as rich as you want but going through that like that no. still is just so sad to see like i feel fairly bad for her because i really like her oh i love kim yeah i think she's a good person yeah and i hope she becomes a lawyer and i hope she i it's funny because i texted my friend who's like um she like works in law she like does she doesn't go to law school but she like went to something similar i don't really know but um i was like is there something that you can sue for to be like stop talking about me mm-hmm. because it's you know there's defamation there's libel yeah but that's like she has to like like basically slander her name yeah and she did something but i was like is there a way to like legally be like keep my name out of your mouth well and when she was he, like no <laughs> well, when he said that she wanted to abort north it's just insanity and then he's shocked again with the boundaries it it's like you think that you can just go out and expose my personal life like that and then you are shocked when I don't want you to be around me or my or the yeah. kids when we're together? Well, in breaking news today, Pete Davidson joined Instagram. Yes. He is following only Kim Kardashian and Sebastian Stan. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Is Sebastian Stan a comic? No, Sebastian Stan is uh, Tommy Lee and to- Tommy and Pam. He's, oh. he's a Marvel guy. Are, are they besties? I don't know. Because random. Very random. Maybe they're doing a project together and this yeah, is his way of... Announcing it. Um, And just a few minutes ago, my friend, Not Skinny But Not Fat, posted that Kim has officially unfollowed Kanye on Instagram. Right. So, about time. Yeah. I'm um, surprised she didn't earlier. I mean, she probably blocked him, to be honest. Yeah. Which is what, what automatically unfollowed it. Yeah. I would block him so he can't see my oh shit. Oh, my God. It, well, it's also crazy how, like... 
when a celebrity unfollows someone like that's when it's you breaking know. news like that's when you know that like the ties have been cut mm-hmm. like officially like that's yeah. the statement they don't even need to put out a statement they just need to unfollow someone on instagram and that and then you know like i know it's done. just done yeah it's just done um there was an update on <laughs> married at first sight oh god <laughs> that i wanted to share Spoiler alert up ahead for Married at First Sight. But the girl that Alyssa, her name is, the girl that was refusing to partake in the relationship with Chris with the snaggletooth, they have officially decided to get a divorce. And it's been like five days into their marriage. That's sad. It's awful. He just like, I think he just reached a breaking point where he was like, you want to be on TV and you want fame and... You have want nothing to do with me. Right. And um, I respected it in the end. I think oh, the show, man, it is just fantastic. It is just fantastic. I love it. I hear what's even better is Married at First Sight Australia. <laughs> People are like, like they, I think, there are bigger celebrities. Right. Like they're in the Daily Mail. They're on the news. Like I think it's like very controversial. And Interesting. People say it's like the juiciest thing ever. So if you guys have any recommendations of which season I should watch, let me know in the Facebook group. Um, there is a T-Tribe Facebook group, by the way. Um, and then in terms of that, since we just recorded a few days ago, I really haven't had much time to watch anything new I think wait what's coming out I feel like something I'm waiting oh I'm waiting on love is blind to drop new episodes Mm -hmm. euphoria new episode on Sunday euphoria new episode I'm waiting on I feel like there was a show that I'm like dying to come out I don't know um but yeah there's the news right now it's really just Kanye like going out of control um Rihanna's pregnant I think we talked about that I think you know like everything's just it's just kind of like tame right now in the press, and we really could just um, thank Kanye for keeping it going. Is he's really the only one right now? Oh, um, here's something we can do. Do you, you give your uh, Euphoria predictions for episode Ooh. the episode that comes out? Okay, wait. Where did we leave so off? It, it ended off. Um, Hold on, let me think. Ca- oh, oh, oh! Nate brings Cassie back to his place. Yes, and gives Jules the tape. And um, Kat breaks up with her boyfriend in that very weird way. Very weird. And um, Rue Oh, and is... Maddie's crying on the bed. Right. Maddie's crying on the bed. And uh, I feel like I think Rue's mom is having issues trying to get her into rehab. Yes. And Ru- and then the mom kind of has a crush on the sober coach. Yeah. Ali. I love him. Okay. So. And I, I don't know if this episode is going to be Lexi's play. Oh, I think it's Lexi's play. Because they hinted at it. Yeah, they showed the whole preview was, um, I watched, like, if you watch on HBO Max, it's like a little teaser for you guys. Yeah, they give you a teaser, yeah. Yeah, I will watch it, and then it will end, and then, like, if you keep watching five minutes after you scroll through, then there's, like, more of the episode at the end. Oh. Or, like, a teaser for next week that's, like, longer. yeah. And it was the play. Right. So, okay, so I guess... Maybe I'll do season predictions or just, like, predictions in general, not for next week. Because since next week is the play, I'm not sure how much outside of that we'll see. Right. I felt like – I felt like they want – they wanted to make us believe that Nate saw the light a mm-hmm. little bit in giving Jules the tape back. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't trust him. No, not And I think the scene with Maddie was the scariest shit I've ever seen. Also, though, I was thinking, I'm like, this girl's got balls. Because if someone's holding a gun to my head, I would have given it to them on the first try. Yeah, it was really sad because when he put the gun to her head, she, like, didn't give it to him. But when he could put the gun to his head, like, she told him. Yeah, that's so interesting to think about. And also, there was a sign in her room that says, smile, you're on camera. (gasps) <gasps> so I wonder if she like has like a camera in her room. Wait, that or was a really good observation. Yeah. Or did you see that online? No, I literally saw it when I was watching, and then I did see it on Twitter. But that was like the first thing I noticed because it's a big yellow sign with like a smiley face, and it says like "Smile, you're on camera." And I was like, "Wait a second! Oh my god, that's, that's the plot twist we yeah. need. Yeah, I hope for so. her to have that footage. Yeah. Okay, so I." I it's such an unpredictable show that I have a hard time making predictions right. or theories, but I'm just going to I'm just going to say some. Yeah. So I think Nate and Cassie will not go much further than like one or two more episodes until something explodes. I don't think that they're going to con- I don't think that Nate and Cassie will continue dating um throughout the sh- like the season. I think something is going to kind of implode with them. Yeah. Um I think that, ooh, <laughs> in my perfect world, Maddie and Cassie would band together and realize that Nate is the real problem yeah. and the real, like, traumatic one, and then they would work together to take him down. Yeah. Like, that would be sick. That would be awesome. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that yeah. would be sick. Like, if they could realize, like, he's the one that's, like, manipulating them yeah. and he's, like, really unhealthy and they kind of band together and, yeah. like, give him a fake out. Yeah. Um, I think Rue will end up in therapy back with Jules. Um, like, I think her, Jules and her will forgive each other by the end of the oh, season. You don't like them together? No. I do feel bad for Jules. I feel like she's too just... toxic and so Rue relies on Jules at way too much. And it's put it's way too much. And I want to see Fesco and Lexi make out. So I have one theory. Okay, tell me. Because I watched the um, preview and I noticed that... When they're doing the play, she saved – I don't know if she specified that it was for Fez, but they made it seem like Lexi, like, saved a seat for Fez because, like, they showed oh, yeah. him, like, getting ready in the empty seat. And then something happened, yeah. I think – I don't even want to admit this, but I think either he gets arrested right before the play mm-hmm. and doesn't show up or he gets killed. Or, oh, I hope he doesn't get killed. If he gets no, killed. I think that guy's coming to get him. The one. Yes, Mouse. Mouse. Uh, yes, I agree. Now I remember yes. that because they showed it like she's waiting on him, looking over like, where yes. are you? Yes, exactly. He's not going to make it there. I don't think he's going to make it there. But I hope he'll make it. In yes. Lo- like, in life. Survive. Yes, like he survived. <laughs> yes. If they killed him, that would be fucking insane. People would be pissed off because he's obviously a fan favorite. Oh, I know what I finished. What? Ozark. Oh, okay. Talking about killing people. I've never seen it. Uh, okay. We'll finish that thought. Yes, I think Fesco. No. We will riot if he dies. Yes, we will riot. We will riot. Um, I finished Ozark, guys. And I was saying a few weeks ago that, like, it just is, like, so unbelievable. And this is how I feel about Euphoria, too. These shows just, like, make people die. And then they clean up the bodies. And, like, no one ever comes looking for them and figures it out. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, shows are so unbelievable like that. In Ozark, someone dies every episode, and there's, like, all these murders in this small town, and no one's, like, 
solving or like figuring out the fact that everyone's missing in this small town it just makes no sense um ozark i think it was like a mid-season finale so it's gonna come back also that's what i was waiting on when i was like something's coming out something's coming out ozark ozark is coming out with more um seasons and it's really weird to watch that actress who plays ruth in ozark and then anna delvey in Inventing mm. Anna, play two roles at once. Like, right. I'm watching her in two shows on Netflix at one time. And honestly, like, good for her. Yeah. Like, that's so dynamic. Yeah, I saw, like, a few clips of that show, Anna Delvey, and she just looks so unsufferable. I don't think I'll be able to watch it's it. It's insane. Yeah. It's really insane. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to join my Facebook group. I am planning my next live show. Um, I don't know. Nothing's confirmed, but it's looking like it's going to be in April on a Thursday so get your plane tickets ready bus plane train whatever you need we will partay um and then I will see you guys next Tuesday 